Surprise! I wasn't going to have guests on the show until 2021, but sometimes things change. My guest today is a dear friend named Justine McNichol. If you have been on the internet this week, you've likely seen a picture that says something along the lines of, we're northern, not stupid. Justine was the creator of that post, and she's now leading a campaign called Love the North and something else called the Northern Small Business Emergency Relief Fund. What that's doing is raising money for small businesses in the North and in Scotland that have been directly impacted by the COVID crisis. I'm not going to say anymore. I'm going to let Justine do the talking. I could not have asked for a better first guest. She was amazing. We had a lot of fun. We drank. It was just a good time all around. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Justine McNichol. Boom. Justine, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I am I am very well. I am very well. Like I said, I couldn't get a punk IPA like we wanted. I really fucking loved your idea that podcast guest and podcast host should be drinking the same shit to be on the same wavelength, but I've, I've let you down on this one. Absolutely. I think it's one of those, uh, it started as like a tacky coronavirus Zoom thing I did with my friends, and actually I think it brings everybody closer together with beer. It does. Let's stop, you know, whatever spirit you fancy. That's clever. I like that. I like that a lot. What a fucking week you've had. Yes. Let's start with that. So uh, as far as I've seen, you've been in the Yorkshire Post, you've been in the Metro, you've been on BBC Radio. Just explain to people why. Explain how this started. So um, I can't even think what night it was now. Tuesday, I think. Tuesday Mm. night. I had spent a bit of time uh, being super middle class and listening to Radio 4 in the car. (laughs) And... um, London had just been announced that it was going into tier three and all of the reporting was about how catastrophic it was for hospitality, how hospitality would never survive a lockdown in London, Mm. how the theatre industry would never survive, how culture would be dead if London went into tier three. Um, Massive like Vox Pop sections with what will we do if Oxford Street is shut? Will we be able to finish our Christmas shopping? This is disastrous. And I just thought, do you know what? Where was this when this happened in the north? I've got, I mean, I'm lucky enough to be in a tier two area where I am, but most of my family are in tier three areas at the minute. So I'm not going to be able to see most of them over Christmas. And there's been none of this outcry when it happened up here. And realistically, especially the people up in Newcastle, where kind of most of my friends and family are, they've been living this reality for months. Mm. And I, anyway long story short i went on instagram as you do um did a bit of a rant to my not very many followers and friends thinking uh, at the time at the time (laughs) (laughs) you know thinking it would probably just be like my mum and my best friend that saw it um and i kind of just vented my frustrations on the on the whole situation and um sort of posted with a graphic that i created that said uh we're northern not stupid Mm. um with kind of a phrase that a lot of people have picked up from it was kind of the way the government and the media treats us as if the North is some sort of like grey distant land of simpletons, I think is what I said. And yeah, that's yeah. how I feel. And yeah, it got, you know, a few of my friends commenting on it saying, yeah, I agree. This is how I felt for years. Um, you know, the North's always been treated like this. Kind of didn't think anything of it then. By the time I got to bed, so this was about seven o'clock, I posted it. By the time I got to bed, I was at nearly a thousand likes. 
on my post well this is what i wanted to ask you I, I i saw it when you posted it and i gave it a heart react i think on on facebook i gave it a share as well i think did you ever anticipate that it was going to go as fucking mental as it did <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> i genuinely thought i'd get a call from my mum saying i wish you wouldn't swear so much on instagram <laughs> um, and that was I just thought it'd be friends and family and it was literally the same night I kind of I said to my husband in bed I said oh this is getting nearly a thousand likes this is a bit mental mm. um and yeah then it suddenly hit 2000 then three then four and by the morning we were on eight and now so what two and a half days later we're on uh 120,000 holy shit which is a bit mad holy shit yeah that's <laughs> fucking crazy that is crazy yeah hashtag influencer um <laughs> that's sort of the point I'm not, I'm not anybody important or special it's just absolutely blown up well why do you think it resonated so well with people because i read it and you know i'm i live in lincoln and we're sort of on the cusp we're a lot more northern than we are southern but we're still kind of midlands but that sentiment of when something bad happens to london that's when it matters that that resonated with me do you think that that's it was a matter of the words that people wanted to say but couldn't really find and that's why it hit them i think that's exactly it and yeah when i sort of say the north i think the north is particularly affected but i think my sentiment was generally anywhere that isn't london um mm. it's kind of yeah like you say until it happens to london nobody seems to really give a shit um in you know i'm talking the media and the government not um not the general public yeah yeah but um I think it's something that's quite difficult to put into words. Mm. It's quite, it's more of a, it's more of a feeling than it is anything else. It's more of a, we know there's something wrong here, but it's quite difficult to articulate it. And I think somehow I managed to, I'm not very good with my words normally, but I somehow managed to- You managed to, to get it in four fucking words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to articulate something that people were really feeling and have all of a sudden become so blatantly obvious that they can't possibly hide from it anymore it is obvious you're absolutely right it is obvious the the focus on london just by everyone like you say especially the media and the government is ridiculous if something happens in london it's the end of the world if it happens anywhere else it's almost like nobody gives a shit yeah exactly and i think the thing as well now that kind of people have had a bit of time to sort of pause and comment on it it's not against the south it's not against the southerners mm. it's about the media and the national media in particular and the government and how they treat southerners and northerners not the southerners themselves i've got you know it sounds like a, oh my friends are black but it's not it's a lot of my friends yeah. are southerners. <laughs> yeah i know exactly what you mean you know, i've got no problem with them whatsoever it's not about the people it's about the system and the something that has been broken in this country for a very long time mm. and you know there's been various times across history where it's been highlighted and i think this has become one of them why do you think that is why do you think we've been demonized so much the north by by the media and by the government oh well in the last few days i've been sent a lot of very uh, interesting <laughs> on that. can imagine so, you fucking have much smarter than me who you know comes across history and the honest answer is i don't know Mm. I've got no idea why it is. I don't understand it. And that's kind of why I posted. I think I'm I'm quite a positive person. And I tend yeah, to I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree. Zippy and I'm kind of, you know, everyone's the same. And I think it's it just feels like, well, why if I see the world like that? Why does everybody else not see the world like that? And I know it's not that simple, but um, 
yeah, I've honestly got no idea why it exists. And I had a conversation with somebody yesterday, actually, and it's, I was trying to think when the earliest I was sort of aware of it being a thing, like Mm. the North and the South being different and, um, or not being different as the case may be. But, um, I think I used to hang out with a lot of theatre kids. I did a lot of theatre as a kid. And it was always like when people were deciding to go to drama school, it was like the bright lights of London. And it was like, if you'd gone to London, you'd made it. Like that was it. It was like, you go to New York, you go to London. And it was like the place that we'd go out for an exciting weekend at the theatre. And if you worked in London, you were like special and you'd made it in life. And actually... Like there's places like Manchester, Liverpool, even York and Leeds to a certain extent. Newcastle is my favourite place in the whole entire world. Mm. And they're brimming with culture. You know, London isn't the be all and end all. Yeah, mine's York, just for the record. I fucking love York. <laughs> no, you do, which is weird because it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love York. There's nothing about York I don't like. I love the architecture. Maybe it's more of a tourist angle. You know, I, I think because you live there for... I live there most of my life, yeah, and I still work there sometimes. Um, yeah, very different then. Far away now, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's you can, nice. only, be, you can only be charmed great. by the shambles so many times. <laughs> yeah, York is great, but it is a bit like Disneyland. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously that post went up, blue viral. Speak to me about Love the North. What is Love the North? So, um... Obviously, the Instagram thing went viral and that's all well and good. Um, you know, love me a few likes. I was pretty happy to be, you know, like a bit of attention. It's totally fine. Who doesn't? Um, who doesn't? Yeah, and I kind of, I'm a, I like to think I'm quite a charitable person and I like to do things to help other people. And it felt really like um, as soon as the attention was on me, it felt uncomfortable. Mm. And it felt very much like, the attention shouldn't be on me. And I had lots of people telling me how clever and wonderful I was. And it felt so wrong. I thought there's got to be a way that I use this platform Mm. to make some kind of a difference. It's not about me. It's about something much, much bigger than me. Um, And I kind of was just sat at my desk trying to do some work, but being a bit distracted by my phone blown up. And uh, I sort of put out on Instagram and sort of said, if I made some kind of t-shirt or a pin badge um, that could like raise some money to help people that have been disproportionately affected in the North, um, by COVID, excuse me, burping all this beer. <laughs> I can't help myself. Don't get that with whiskey, you see. Oh, mate, I can't do it. I can't do whiskey. But um, yeah, um, I kind of thought um, there's got to there's got to be something like there might be some sort of charitable fund or something that I can chuck some money towards. Yeah. Um, and so many people said, yes, yes, absolutely, we would support this. So I thought, great. And um, my nephew happens to run a T-shirt printing company. Um, so I sort of sent him a text and I said, oh, I think I need you to knock me up a few T-shirts. Um, my husband rung him and he's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, put it online and I couldn't actually find any sort of charity to give it to. So I thought, do you know what? I'm going to make my own. It can't be that hard. Right. Um, so within about six hours, um, I'd figured out with my husband how to register a charity, how to become a charity, how we needed to do that, um, when we were going to do it, who we were going to do it with. And then I chucked some T-shirts online and it still went even just even crazier than it had gone already. And within the first day, we'd sold about 500. Fuck. (laughs) Yeah. 500. Yeah, it's gone pretty mad. Uh, um, Yeah, we raised about seven and a half grand in that first day. Jesus fucking Christ. What are you up to now, out of interest? Uh, just about, oh, I don't actually know. It was about 12 grand at the last check. About sort 12. of going up at a nice, like, steady two grand a day, which is amazing. And all that money's going to support small businesses in the north? 
Yeah, so I kind of, obviously, Small Businesses in the North is a massive group. Um, so it was kind of pinning down where exactly that was going to go. So specifically what I've set up through this project is something called the uh, Northern Small Business Emergency Relief Fund. Now, okay. what that is, is um, so an um, emergency relief fund is exactly what it says on the tin. It's an emergency fund um, to help people that need it when they've got some sort of emergency that they can't pay for. So yeah. thinking about... Um, coronavirus is obviously there's been various financial aid given out by the government but a lot of people have fallen through the cracks of that and sort of haven't been eligible for things um just kind of due to like loopholes in the system so like um so i run a coffee business with my husband and we were in the process of moving um premises to upscale yep. at the time when lockdown happened so we weren't paying any kind of business rates so because okay. we were paying business rates and didn't have a registered address um for the certain there was like a a window of dates for the application because we weren't um, paying business rates at that time. We weren't eligible for anything whatsoever. So we've had not a single penny off the government, despite the fact that our business was almost completely wiped out for about six months. So there's, and I know there's a lot of other businesses out there who for something like that. So a lot of people pay business rates as part of their rent package to a landlord. Yeah. So then they were, um, which is absolutely fine, totally legal, fine to do, but it meant due to the paperwork, they weren't eligible for anything. People who wanted to furlough their staff, but um, had staff who started a day later than the paperwork would let them put in those kind of things. There's so many loopholes that people have fallen through and have just had nothing. So with the with the Northern Small Business Emergency Relief Fund, I got to make sure I, I fucking wrote it down. I didn't want to get it wrong because it is important. <laughs> with that, do you feel like you're? I know it's at twelve grand, but that will continue to grow. Do you feel like you're filling in the blanks that should have been filled by people in positions of a higher standing? Yeah, absolutely. There definitely should have been some sort of effort to plug the gaps, and they keep saying that they are going to plug the gaps. And so far, we've seen. Um, some discretionary grants um given to councils so councils can distribute them uh, with slightly less sort of um bureaucracy to go through mm. so they can distribute them but in an area like mine our council's tiny we're in a really tiny little like rural town in yeah. yorkshire so they got given not a lot and this is again where the North has been massively disproportionately affected, especially in rural areas, because they're just not getting given a lot of the money because the populations aren't that high, but the businesses still need money. No matter what the population is, they've still been hit that hard. Like we're a fairly, we're a small business, but we have customers all over the country. That doesn't mean we've been hit any less hard by COVID just because we're in a small town. Um, but because, yeah, because we're in a small town, we've been given less money. Which cycles back round to the idea of there being a North-South divide. Yeah, exactly right. I think we're so spread out over here that, um, yeah, we just got given less and it's it's not right. It's not fair. And yes, you're right. Uh, this should government should be doing this. Not me. Like I'm just a 26 year old mum from York. Do you know what I mean, I'm yeah. doing this, but somebody needs to. Um, so, yeah, I've ended up being the person to do that. <laughs> it's just so crazy. To, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around the idea that three days ago you had an idea which was yeah, hey, let's sell some pin badges, which is now a charity registered that's raised 12 grand. That's yeah, so this is so really wild. And I kind of had to think about, I've had to do a lot of long-term thinking in the last three days. And um, so the charity itself is going to be called Love the North. Um, so it should be officially incorporated from Monday um, now that all the paperwork's sorted. And um, I've sort of branded it larger as Love the North because I think there's something in this momentum that needs to go forward that yes the relief fund is part of it and that should help people 
purely because of the time of year we're at. I know we work um, with a lot of customers in Hebden Bridge um, in West Yorkshire who got hit really hard with flooding last year. And, right. you know, they hadn't gone through the coronavirus pandemic then, so they had a bit of cash to spare to deal with repairs and stuff. They're not going to have that this year. They're not going to have those emergency reserves to deal with flooding, to deal with snow, to deal with all of these things um, that they might, you know, heating costs, massive, you mm. know, heating costs people are going to get. They might not be able to afford that this year. So um, that's what we're going to be there for. Yeah, it's true. Everything couldn't have fallen at a, a worse time, really. I know it's been a year long thing, but it feels like we're really in the fucking thick of it now, a week from Christmas. And yeah, things aren't good. Things aren't fucking good. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? Like, I know you sort of spent a lot of time working in hospitality and it's something mm. you're passionate about. And I've got a lot of friends in the same boat and it's like, it feels so strange. Like normally this time of year, I don't see any of my friends anyway because they all work in bars and they're all super busy and they're yeah. all getting ready for like New Year's Eve to be a mad one. And it's so quiet. And well, this like- is Mad Friday. We're recording this on what should be Mad Friday. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. yeah, and I've just been to pick up some pizzas for a takeaway from the pub and it was dead. Yeah, and I haven't left my house. <laughs> it's it's so strange and we've had to adjust to so much so quickly and the, you can see why people, it's the fucked their heads. Friday. Say it again, sorry. The maddest Friday of all. Oh yeah, it's fucking mental, yeah. I'm, I'm buzzing. <laughs> you can really see why it's fucked with people's heads. You know, we got thrust into this completely new experience or overnight there was no build-up there was no fucking preparation it was literally one day everything's fine you know the, the week before lockdown came in i was in nottingham I, 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 we went to the theater i went to see like an orchestra play and then mm. you know the the day before my birthday on the 24th of march it was right pubs are shutting shops are shutting stay in your fucking houses we weren't ready for that and as you're getting at neither were businesses yeah not even remotely and the government weren't prepared to support businesses for a very long time. Um, no way. And I do genuinely, I do think, oh, and I'm going to hate myself for saying this. I think the government have done pretty well at supporting businesses on a whole mm. through the pandemic. I think uh, I really don't want to use the word unprecedented. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it was, you know, it was that. And um, I don't think anybody expected the government to come out with the package that they did. And overall it's been, it's managed, you know, it's kept the majority of the businesses in the country afloat, but it just hasn't, it didn't come early with everything they've done. It hasn't come early enough. It hasn't come big enough and it hasn't gone far enough. And I think that's key. I think that's why there's these gaps been left. Yeah, I'll, I'll completely agree with that. You know, it's very easy to sit down and say the government have fucked every single bit of this up. It is really easy to say that, but Mm -hmm. there are bits that they've done right. The furlough scheme, for example, is, it's good. It is good. You know, I, I know we, we contribute a lot anyway, but that that is a good thing. But at the same time, little things, you know, it's been extended till April, so you sort of go, where are we going to be this time next year? It's not a promising sign, and it sort of makes me think 2021 might look a lot like 2020. Yeah, you're right. And isn't it interesting, though? And I know I don't want to sound like I've got my sort of northern tinfoil hat on, but the furlough scheme was extended to April as soon as London went into lockdown. And... Does that feel a little bit like just trying to placate London businesses? And the first time it was then extended was when, again, London had restrictions. It was. It I hadn't even thought about that. Holy shit. And I, I think it's wow. just due to the people that are talking in their ear are the people in London. So they're responding to those people 
we haven't got the voices in the north telling them to do these things that literally hadn't crossed my mind <laughs> that has fucking blown my head apart but it's true everything seems to be a reaction to what's going on in london and yeah it's terrifying yeah it is I really haven't thought about. It. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna out tinfoil hat you here. When, um, <laughs> when they said London, oh, we've had this massive rise in cases. Oh my god, this, that, and the other. When we had a massive rise in cases up fecking north, people like you and I, Justine, it was because we were thick as fuck and we were mingling and we were going to fucking pubs with people that we shouldn't have and going to each other's houses and shagging. Do you remember when the government outlawed shagging? Yeah, we just kept shagging. But the second there was a fucking spike in cases in London. It's a new strain that spreads faster. Fuck off. I'm not having it. I completely agree it exists, but just something about that. Like I say, I'm a real tinfoil hat guy. Yeah, Doesn't sit right. Exactly sort of the sentiments I had on my original Instagram post. Like, we're, we're not all horny piss heads. Do you know what I mean? Some of us might be, but we're not all. <laughs> it just seems mental that the second it starts going tits up down there, it's not their fault. Yeah, 100%. Um, I'm not blaming the people that live in the South at all. I'm blaming the government. I'm blaming the the idea of that. You've got to agree it sounds a bit suspect. It really does. And do you know what as well? Like something that's worth saying is I genuinely feel awful for the people in London. Like, so I've got my sort of three best friends who come up every Christmas. They all live in London. And I'm genuinely gutted for them that they've gone into tier three. Genuinely. Mm. Like everyone was planning on going to the pub. Everyone was, you know, trying to spend time with people at Christmas. I'm genuinely gutted that they've gone into tier three. What I'm not well, what I am also gutted about is how the government have responded to it. Yeah, I'm devastated you're in tier two because we're we're a, we're tier three diehard tier three. It, we're we're in a really bad way. Yeah, it's a funny one really because we're in, I'm in a really strange little pocket of the north where I am, hmm. where we're surrounded by tier three. Oh really? Yeah, like either we're to one side of us we've got the sea, and then <laughs> on all the other corners we've got tier three. It's a bit like Middlesbrough is about fifteen minutes north, mm. and that that's like one of the worst hit areas and has been right since the beginning. Yet we and when they originally did the tier system, we were tier one. Like we're just in this really. I think it's just because I'm in a super rural area that it's just hasn't hit us quite as hard. Um, but yeah, so you're, you're this little happy centre of everyone around you coughing to death. It is weird, but it's just nice. a bit strange because, like, all the places I go, like, York's been all right, but, like, Leeds, Middlesbrough, Newcastle, all these places, it's just completely, like, I did, I popped into Leeds because my dad's there, he's 70, and I've been sort of helping him out with a few things. Hmm. Um, we're his, like, support bubble. Yeah. So it's all legit, don't worry, I've not broken any rules. Um, And, yeah, I went into Leeds, and it was just, like, a completely different world. It was still so, it felt tier three. It felt like something out of a film. It was really strange. Yeah, like I think we're lying to ourselves when we say that a tier three is any form of a lockdown. It isn't. The only difference is the pubs are closed. You can still get a haircut. You can still walk around fucking Primark and TK Maxx and all that shit. The only difference is you can't get a pint. So the idea that we're now turning around and saying, oh, we're having a rise in cases. Why? We've got the tier system. It's like, really, motherfuckers? You didn't, you didn't think this was going to happen? Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? No, it's strange. I think it's interesting as well. Like, sorry, I'm going on a, off on a massive tangent. No, no, it's absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. I'm just interested to know your thoughts as someone that sort of works in pubs. Is um, there's been so much like when it was the pubs were open but the schools were shut and those things, and everyone was like, oh, just you know, shut the pubs, shut the pubs. I was very much on that side. I was very much like, shut the pubs. That's obviously where it's mm. spreading and stuff. Um, 
and I, until I spoke to my dad recently, had miss sort of underestimated how important pubs can be. Mm. Big time. Lives. Yeah, 100%. Like, my dad's 70 and his interests are football, cricket, and having a beer with his friends. Yep. And he hasn't got Sky. Mm-hmm. So he's got nothing because he can't go watch the football. He can't go play cricket and he can't see his friends. Because they every you know he's retired, they go with a lot of them. They meet up in the pub every single day, yeah. And that's, it. that's his social life gone because he can't meet up in the pub and he can't indulge any of his interests. And it's incredibly, incredibly lonely for people like that. And yes, people shouldn't be going out and getting pissed in droves and slobbering all over each other. But it's, I think the pubs have been really demonised. Pubs have been demonised, and I fail to see why. Obviously, there's going to be a bad egg. There's you can find examples anywhere of it. Oh, this pub was breaking the COVID law. Oh, this pub wasn't doing this, etc., etc. But ninety nine percent of pubs were not only playing by the rules, but they were sticking to them like Nazis. It was ridiculous how we had so much imposed on us as pubs, and we put it all in place. We stuck to it, and we were bastards to people. We were total bastards to anyone that would put a toe out of line and we had to be that way it was what was best for us best for our team and best for every other customer in the building we had to do it and then at the same time you've got the news and the government and they're all going oh yeah it must be fucking spreading in pubs it seems like the only place there was such a tiny amount of cases that actually came from hospitality and yet we were the first to go do you know what it was you know when we were like first in the tier system before the second lockdown Mm. We were in tier one, so I went out for dinner with a friend and it was so strict. Like, you walk in at your allotted time, you had an hour, you sanitised your hands, you put your mask on when you went to the toilet. It was so clean and sterile. Mm. And then when everybody got kicked out at 10 o'clock, everyone was dancing in the streets and touching each other. Exactly. Being in the pubs is not the problem here. See, that was a really baffling thing. We were saying that at the time. What Again, what the fuck did they think was going to happen? You'd make everyone leave every pub, club, bar at 10pm and go onto the same street. It, it doesn't take a genius. Yeah, mental. It is bizarre. We, we've gone on a great tangent. I'm loving every bit of this. I really wanted to talk about Love the North, I, I say, because it, it is fascinating and it is really fucking important. The work you're doing is really fucking cool. On the website... I wanted to ask, just out of my own interest, really, it said you're working on a programme of campaigns to amplify voices of the North. What can we expect to see? What kind of campaigns? What you got? So, um, like I said, we set up the Relief Fund, but um, the actual charity is going to be Love the North. So I think that's going to encompass a lot more things. Yeah. Details, obviously, I haven't kind of ironed out yet because it's been a couple of days. (laughs) But um, there's some, I think there's a longer term project here um, to be done of getting the voices that need to be heard up here in the places where they need to be heard in Westminster and mm. in the national media. And I think that's going to look a lot like um, a lot of conversations behind closed doors yeah. with people in the know um, and just trying to figure out the best way to get um, get out, get the messages that need to be heard across um, and kind of working on, a lot of lot less shouting on social media and a lot more actual community action. Yeah. And I think it's really easy to shout about stuff on social media. And I think um, we've become sort of a lot less social in some ways because we're just staring at our screens to contact each other where actually we're, we're losing the bigger picture of things. So I think it's, it's making these sentiments, this feeling that everybody's feeling about the North and 
putting them into action and celebrating the north as well like we've just got so much amazing stuff up here it's a huge area so many people and so many great things going on in all these communities so there's going to be a blog there's going to be videos there's going to be all kinds of fun things coming up in the new year um just celebrating the north and what it's doing and finding where those gaps are that the government have left and finding a way to plug them that sounds cool as fuck the way the way you speak about it like like i keep going back to it in my head it's like three or four days old that's really <laughs> fucking with me and the way you're talking about it i know you haven't implicitly said it this sounds like a 10 or 20 year thing this sounds like a rest of your life kind of thing i'm all about it i hope so i really hope it leads to something and it's not this isn't something i ever envisaged doing um i'm exceptionally busy already it was really <laughs> the last thing i needed when i kind of when it started to get massive i was really like part oh, of just wanted to delete the post go off instagram <sighs> for a few days not do anything with it because i'm so you know i've got an 18 month old kid like yeah i run a business i've got freelance work on the side i'm a busy person and <laughs> i was kind of just like i really don't need this right now but um it's not in my nature to give up on stuff and it's not in my nature to dabble in something. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to, you know, I'm very much go hard or go home. Yeah. And gonna... I think recognizing that this is in the grand scheme for the greater good. Absolutely. Like why, you know, like I said, being in the spotlight makes me uncomfortable. Mm. If I'm going to be in the spotlight. I'm going to do it for somebody else. Am I right in thinking, I, I swear I read it somewhere, something about wanting to take this to get the attention of Westminster. Yeah, hopefully. I'm not entirely sure how and why, and it's probably the wrong time to do this because they're all on a fucking holiday. Uh, <laughs> I wish I had one. Um, um, yeah, I don't quite know how, but there's got to be got to be a way to do it. You know, I'm not going to run to be an MP or anything stupid like that. But well, you say that now. You know, five <laughs> five days ago, none of this was happening. Yeah, God, never no. say never. Never say never. <laughs> Queen of the North over here. No, I, I was going to fucking call you the Queen of the North at the end of this podcast. That's so crazy. You know, I, it's not the first time I've been called it today. <laughs> that is preposterous. That is preposterous. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. It must just be so weird. Like, I'm looping back to it again. A week ago, none of this happened. And now you are you are fucking everywhere. I, I've seen countless amounts of my friends share that post. And you know it wasn't gone. Yeah. I was talking to somebody about this today. I like I said, I went to pick up some pizzas in the pub and I was sort of talking to the guys there about it. And like, it's, I think my perspective on it is probably different to a lot of other people's because I've seen it, you know, it's on my Instagram and I get the notifications and stuff. What I don't think I've quite appreciated was it was everywhere on everybody else's feeds as well. Like I kind of like, oh, this is just happening to me. This is just a thing in my, but then, so many people are getting like people I haven't seen in years people going what on earth like people that live in different countries that moved away of going all my friends are sharing this and I realized it was you and I did some like um doing some training with some uh, guys for some work I do and they were all like oh have you seen that post that was going around and I'm thinking what and then a friend said someone was talking about it in their yoga class I'm just thinking well, it's interesting it's really interesting you've said that in the way because you've just mentioned social media and I literally had a conversation with somebody yesterday about social media and how it does make us less social because 
everything only exists within your bubble. If you put a photograph of yourself up, you look all cool and shit, and it gets 60 likes, that isn't being social. That is existing within your bubble. So what you're talking about now is you put that up, and then all of a sudden, things are happening outside your bubble. Yeah, that's that's freaky. That's, yeah, and there's very much sometimes there's a certain brand of Instagram activism that very much stays on Instagram and it doesn't sit well with me. Yeah. It, it's, it needs to be taken out, which is why, you know, I do things like being in the Yorkshire Post and stuff like that. It feels really, that feels more to me than 120,000 likes on Instagram. That feels like it's reaching a wider audience and then an audience of people that doesn't always hear people's thoughts because they're not on Instagram. They're not always on Facebook. That's and, true. Um, yeah, I think stuff like that, I think reaching a wider audience than just like you say, the people in your bubble, it feels, yeah, that feels really cool to me when people are sort of real life talking about it. That's when I feel like I've done something. Yeah, that's really interesting. That is really interesting. The medium in which we receive information has completely changed in the last five years. You know, the odds on, you're more likely to learn something on your own newsfeed than you are from actually going to a news website. And that's very strange. Yeah. And there's definitely a um i think the danger of it and again we're going off on a massive tangent but never mind I let's do it fuck it let's go down this rabbit hole i'm in you can massively exist in a in an echo chamber in your own feed i think there's a beauty in that so you can massively curate your own feed particularly on instagram the way it works is you can only you can just choose to see the things you want to see hmm. so like um I don't want to see airbrushed models who promote fad diets and stuff. So I don't follow them. I block it. I tell Instagram, this is content I don't want to see. And my feed is full of left wing, body positive, yep. you know, all the nice feministy shit I want to see. And that's great. But if I could be a neo-Nazi doing that, and that's all I'm seeing, and my beliefs are just getting reinforced back to me every single day because I'm living in this... And the fact that it's a news feed, I don't think that's the right word. I don't know why it's called a news feed. It's not news. It's just your own voice getting repeated back at you. And I think that's really, really dangerous. It's reinforcement of your own views. And I think, it again, we've sort of said it a few times, it makes you less social because all you're hearing is your own bubble. You're not hearing any new viewpoints. You know, when you're out in the world, you, you're going to get confronted with stuff you don't agree with. And But that is, even if it just makes you think, I don't agree with that, but that's fine because I, I believe what I believe and that just reinforces my own beliefs, but at least you've been made to think about it. Oh, I'm so happy you've said that. I'm so <laughs> happy you've said that. I literally, I wrote something yesterday very similar to what you've just said in the way that we locked down in March and to think what we've lost as as people, I know it's easy to say, oh, I wasn't able to do this. I wasn't able to see this person, that person do this. But in terms of actual development of a person the things that we've lost even down to little stupid things like your friends start saying a new word that you've never heard and next thing you know it's in your vocabulary tiny <laughs> little things like that all the way up to conversations with people that you've never met and continuing to develop how you debate and the, the right kind of language to use and to keep things calm we've lost a year of that and i think the effect that's going to have is going to be fucking devastating especially on the especially on teenagers but even as adults you know you're you're 26 i'm 25 it's still important you learn every single day and we have not learned a lot this year yeah and do you know what this is going to sound really really soppy 
But the only thing that's kept me away from that a little bit is being a parent because something's new to her every single day. Well, I wanted to ask you about that. Like, what's it been like raising a kid through all of this fucking chaos? It's genuinely probably been my saviour this year. Mm. Like, it's been really hard, really difficult mentally, emotionally, physically, particularly first lockdown. Like, she was, she turned, it was her first birthday in April. Yeah. So proper lockdown when nobody knew what the hell was going on. Mm. We both had our birthdays doing this massive milestone celebration on our own. I'd literally planned and had to cancel. And it was still at that point where we're going, are we cancelling things or are we not, you know? Yeah, yeah, do I, I remember. Do I cancel this venue or is it just, will it reopen? Because is this coronavirus thing just going to last two weeks? <laughs> Who knows? I literally, like, I cancelled it the day before, but yeah, we were in lockdown and I was just expecting that, oh, we'll have a party in two weeks. And it just didn't happen. And she has gone from being, it's a really strange age, one to two, because she's gone from, she's pretty much done first steps in lockdown first proper words in lockdown every first has happened and it's been an absolute blessing that i've been at home because i suffer from major mum girl i went back to work after three months mm. I, I didn't do the whole stay at home mum thing it's not for me um I'm all credit to those who do it but it wasn't for me so <laughs> i've always had i love my work but i've always had massive guilt that i was going to miss out on stuff so it's been amazing to capture all that stuff and just spend time with her like proper time not like half time but then there has been times where i think maybe i should be spending time with her but i've had to work and we both work and we didn't get any time off for six mm. months it was relentless trying to figure out shifts of right well you have a 10 till 2 and then i'll work and then 2 till 4 you have her and it was yeah just constant and it was that was really really hard first lockdown but yeah it's it's been mad but i just yeah it makes you think like is she going to learn about this in school is she going to remember it like will she remember people wearing face masks is that still going to be a thing in her future all these things yeah you know it's true we're living through a very important part of human history this is a really big thing we're living through and I, i said something similar to my best friend my best friend jordan he's got two children and um we were on about it when it was all happening, you know, around late March. And I just said, just fucking embrace this time. When we lock down, embrace this time with your kids because not only have 90% of parents never had the opportunity to spend this much time with their children, you, like it's happening now. You have an excuse. You are not working. Just embrace every single second you're going to get with your kids right now because you might never get this opportunity again. It's definitely interesting because there's, and I think there's definitely been a split between the parents that were put on furlough and the parents who run their own businesses or mm. could be put on furlough. So we were very much both running a business and looking after a toddler at the same time, which let me tell you is not a fucking picnic. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was really tough. And it was really tough seeing that as well. Like people who were doing the, oh, this is great. Look at all this free time we've got as a family. Let's go on all these walks and look at all this time we've got to watch them grow. And yeah, it, the reality was literally a lot of snacks, a lot of CBBs. CBBs yeah. were my heroes of this. <laughs> the programming on CBBs has been unreal. Shout and, out CBBs. I haven't oh, watched it in some time, absolutely. but apparently it's fucking good. Yeah, on it, it's great. <laughs> like, it's been a lot of sticking her in front of the TV and all parenting rules that you thought you were going to have out the window. Yeah, I think something I said to somebody, a friend of mine that was struggling was, you know how to parent, nobody knows how to parent in a pandemic. Mm. It's a 
whole different thing. There is no book on this. There's a lot of parenting help books out there. There's no help books on how to parent in the pandemic. It's new. You should have turned that into an Instagram post. I fucking tell you, that would have been shared just as much. I think there's probably a few. <laughs> Love that. Yes, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I, I always forget, like you know, you and your husband. You because you. I'm trying to think of the right words. I've had a whiskey. You can tell. It's the same company, isn't it? It's the I can't. It's Cloud Something Coffee. I'm fucking sorry. <laughs> Cloudgate Coffee. Cloudgate. Cloudgate. I wanted to say Cloud Water. That's a fucking brewery. Cloudgate Coffee. You got to tell me about these hot chocolate flakes because I was looking on the store yesterday. You got to fucking tell me about these hot chocolate flakes. Why are they uh, flakes? They're like a shaved up hot cho- uh, shaved up chocolate bar kind of thing with oh loads of sugar in. Fuck. They're very very good. That is naughty. Some of the things on that website look amazing. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's been uh, it's been an interesting business to run because most of our clients were hospitality, like cafes, restaurants, that kind mm. of thing. So obviously, all that disappeared. But then people have started drinking more coffee at home, so we've had, you know, a nice balance. And we're so lucky that even without financial help, the government, you know, we've managed to stay afloat and we've, if anything, grown, which is a ridiculously privileged position to be in. I'm very aware of. Which is crazy because you have a shop as well, like an actual brick and mortar store. Yeah, we uh, which we opened. The opening day was the announcement of second lockdown. Fuck off. <laughs> so Jesus. Halloween, October 31st, we had opened a shop. And because we, so we were supposed to sign the lease in March, mm. but because of COVID just didn't happen. So we had, and we had in the, um, we had a month to fit it out. And then we ended up in self-isolation for two weeks. So yeah. we had two weeks to fit out a shop that has got three floors and offices and everything. And we did it, and then we opened October 31st, smashed it, really good opening day, loads of people come and see us, awesome, mm. like tripled the sales we, you know, targeted, and then Boris came on and said, nah. <laughs> I knew you worked hard, but you are a fucking animal. <laughs> you have your finger in every single pie in the bakery. That is ridiculous. Yeah, I, do you know what? I think it's it's um, sometimes to my detriment, but I am a busy person and I wouldn't have it any other way. I don't ever stop. <laughs> Might not be a bad thing. Might not be a bad thing. I could do with a day off though. Do you know what? I was saying this again to somebody today. I, um, I'd planned a week off at Christmas this year and I yeah. even said, let's shut the shop. I'm having a week off. I never do that. Never, ever take a week off where I say no work emails out of office everything will shut the web store and then this has happened and now we're literally going to be packing t-shirts that's amazing <laughs> that's amazing fuck me <laughs> you make your own bed in this world justine you really do anyway, i can't complain can't complain it's all like the generosity of people generally bringing it back to the campaign <laughs> um, please do absolutely yeah. please do um, the generosity of people has been absolutely unbelievable and it can be so easy to go oh my god i've got so much to do this is so hard and people email you and go oh i ordered a large and i meant to order a small and i just yeah. think oh do i really need this right now or people go, <laughs> i prefer this if it was a slightly different shape i'm like oh go away um i'm so so grateful for every single order i've still got the notifications on my phone for every order because i just get like a little buzz every time that's I love so it. sweet it's just that's so sweet this is why i do it this is why i'm tired mm. and every penny is gonna help somebody yeah. and that's and i sort of like i do i'm not very good at maths but every time an order comes through i go to so say like a 50 quid order comes through i go that could pay somebody's heating for a month that's and I just such think, a cool way of looking at it if somebody has um a window broken and they haven't got insurance to pay for it three orders could pay for that could cover it 
That's such a sick way of looking at it. That's so cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of that. I'm a huge fan of that. Your heart is in such the right place and you're just doing this for the right reasons. It's so fucking cool. It's really cool. Thank you. Justine, Queen of the fucking North. If people want to see what you're doing, if people want to donate, if people want to buy a t-shirt that's got North written on it, where can they go? So we haven't set up an official Instagram for it yet, so it's all going through my page still at the minute, um, which is at Justine Up North on Instagram. Um, I sort of tweet sometimes, same handle on Twitter, but I'm not very good on Twitter. It's full of Tories, I hate it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, For the campaign, it's www.lovethenorth.org. Now, just a warning, don't go on .com because it's an ad- well you can because it's adorable. Lovethenorth.com, which I'm going to try and buy, is um, the holiday home website for a lovely couple called like Jerry and Nancy or something in North Canada. They're adorable, but yeah, that's not the right website. <laughs> Next time we do this, I want Jerry and Nancy on the show as well. They're adorable. We need to do this properly. That was Justine up north on Twitter or lovethenorth.org if you want to see the store, donate, all that good stuff. I'm saying it again, Justine, Queen of the North. I could not have asked for a better first podcast guest. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, thank you, man. And I- uh, keep safe. I know everyone says keep safe, but do keep safe and um, yeah, have hopefully a better new year. Hopefully so. Take care of yourself. I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of House of Rondog. If you enjoyed what you heard, please remember to hit that subscribe button, whether you're on Google or Spotify or Apple. It doesn't matter. Every subscription supports me. Thank you ever so much, and I'll see you next time.